Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This week we are doing episode eight, which is kind of crazy, eight episodes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're enjoying it so far. It's been a joy, and we hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Uh, we started a new series two weeks back at Ontario Christian Church, working through the book of First Thessalonians. Uh, we worked through chapter one last week, and then just this past week we worked through uh, chapter two. And we're going to be focusing on... Paul's ministry to the Thessalonians and what that ministry was like, and then also jumping around to kind of how Paul uh, encouraged Timothy as a young preacher as well. And starting in verse 8 in chapter 2, Steve touched on this in this week's sermon, but he says, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. And what we want to talk about there is Uh, how relational Paul was in his ministry, how relational ministry is in general. We could define ministry as uh, giving people the gospel and our very selves, Um, and it's both of those things. And um, just touching on that, and we're going to talk about what does that look like for us in the context of our own ministry, where we live, work, and play. And Steve's going to make a few comments on this and then jump to another scripture as well. Yeah, and um, as I'm just thinking on the spot about this, a lot of ministry has been has been created in such a way that it actually segregates people off. The irony is like relationships are actually more difficult in some ways. Um, and I don't want to go, this is a huge rabbit trail. This will be a whole other podcast. But what is ministry and this whole CEO fashion of the way things are kind of set up in a lot of churches mm-hmm. as, as far as structure goes. And I think some of that structure is actually removed ministry ministers from the ministry being the people Mm. and so i love the fact that paul here is just saying you know one of the one of the points of ministry is to be with people i mean that's the whole (laughs) you can't minister without people right and so i i I like the fact that paul is encouraging the people to let them know that they he desires a relationship with them and that the gospel uh encounters and impacts them based upon that relationship it's Mm. truth but it's truth in action it's truth in love uh, and the love is displayed through one another. And so I'm just encouraged to have Paul maybe settle, especially as Americans, settle out some of our current views of what ministry is and how churches function. And that'd be a fun podcast to do one of these days, Jordan, to kind of jump into that, that territory. <laughs> so, but let's jump to Second uh, Timothy, if we would, because Paul also gives some words of encouragement to Timothy as well. Obviously, I think Paul saw some things in Timothy uh, in regards to discouragement. Uh, if you've been in ministry at any, we've all been in ministry, and there's been times we've all been discouraged. And so, uh, Paul reminds him in chapter four, verse five: "As for you, always be sober-minded. So you know, be th- clear thinking, basically, endure suffering. So we know that's going to be part of life." do the work of an evangelist, fulfill the specific calling in his life. And he says, fulfill your ministry. Um, And so Paul is reminding Timothy the fact that he has uh, people to love. He has things to do. He has a ministry to work out. Um, The word fulfill there means to bear fruit or bring fruit to full fullness. 
Um, and so don't give up. Uh, remain faithful in the call to ministry that you have. Uh, the word ministry there is diakonias. Uh, I'm sorry, diakonia, uh, which means executing the commands of others. So it's actually fulfilling the specific commands that God has given you. Love God, love others. Uh, fulfilling your office. Uh, we all have different offices. Uh, some, you know, parents or or friend or, you know, we, we think of office like as elder deacon. Very true, very true. But I think there's a lot of different offices that we kind of don't think about that we actually, God has given us and trusted to us stewarded to us relationships and influence, um, and so we're supposed to fulfill that ministry and meeting the needs of others. So that word has a ton of different meanings, uh, but the bottom line is is that it's to basically love others well and use what God has given you resource-wise, relationally-wise, to uh, bring the gospel in the midst of those areas of your life. Uh, do you have anything with verse 5 that you uh, is jumping out to you at this point? Yeah, I know you had talked at one point about that word fulfill, and um, we, we kind of parsed it out, and basically that what it means in Greek is being present. Um, we have to be present in order to fulfill our ministry, um, and um, I just, I think asking ourselves the question, uh, you know, how present are we where we live, work, and play? Um, how present are we in the context of where we live, work, and play, and with our gifts and the things God has called us to do and the people he's called us to love, which is the people we are around. Um, and I think a lot of times we, like the mission of God is grounded in the ordinary of life. Again, seeking first the kingdom where we work, where we live, work, and play. And a lot of times we're looking for the next thing or um, the next mission trip, which those are great. Um, but forgetting the fact that God has called us to each day love him and love our neighbor. And in doing so, like that's how we fulfill our ministry with our specific gifts. So if we're going to, I don't know, Steve, maybe you can judge whether this is a fair synopsis. If we're going to summarize what we're trying to say through First Thessalonians 2 verse 8 and through Second Timothy 4 verse 5, um, we fulfill our ministry by offering the gospel and our very selves to the people around us where we live, work, and play. Would you say that's a fair synopsis? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely fair. Matter of fact, if you go back in Second uh, Timothy 4, uh, where he gives the command, I charge you in the presence uh, presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his peering, appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. And that Greek liter- word literally means uh, the word ready, to be presently prepared, like um, to be prepared for the moment, to be present in the moment uh, as you find yourself coming in and out of seasons. And I think we have a tendency uh, to think either way far ahead and we live in there or way far in the past and we live in there and we have a really difficult time of grounding ourselves in the ministry that God has given us for here and now. Um, And there's a lot of danger in that. And I think that we miss out and a lot of opportunities, and we've talked about this a ton. I know it, you know, in, in church and with the gatherings, and uh, but being present when you're pumping gas, thinking about who's around you, who's your waitress when you go to the restaurant, get to know their name, leave them a good tip, you know, interact with them. Um, if you go shopping, I know it's rarely done these days outside of the computer, <laughs> but if you go shopping in person, you know, hold the door open for somebody, greet the person that's checking you out. They've probably had a rough day, you know, be the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that 
there's a, a greater need than ever to be more aware of our surroundings mm-hmm. and who's around us because I think people kind of walking zombies anymore. Um, and so just a kind word or just a small action can actually minister to people in a great way these days. So it's actually a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know about you, but there's times that I'm driving down the road and I'm thinking about next week or later on the day and I'm missing out on what's going on around me or even shopping or interacting in life. Or I know you coffee shop quite a bit and <laughs> whatnot, but thinking about, I guess, consider our day that God has given us and gifted us, whether it's uh, at work um, where we live or where we're playing, you know, wherever is happening, how present are we? Like, are we really there or are we missing out on uh, God's call for that moment, for the moment that he's given us uh, right then and there? So, no, I agree with you. This is extremely important to understand that we are all ministers of the gospel. You and I get the high honor and privilege of being reimbursed technically for being able to eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff. Um, But even if we weren't paid, you know, this is still who we're called to be. Mm -hmm. And so we're all called to be ministers. So, no, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And on the topic of of being present, um, you know, as we we keep going, asking ourselves, what, like, what is our presence like? Um, And that... Going there reminded me of a quote from a guy by the name of Rich Viatis. He says, the quality of your presence is your mission. Um, because, like, how do other people experience you? You know, when you're when you're at the coffee shop or when you're at the restaurant. I mean, I think Sunday gets a bad reputation for um, people who work in the food service industry um, because of they often have low tips and the people aren't kind. And, and I mean, Christians to some degree have earned that reputation because they've not been very kind. They have a sometimes reputation for being stingy tippers. And the point we're trying to make is let's not be like that. Let's reverse that reputation. Let's be generous. Let's be kind. Let's be warm. Let's be loving uh, because the quality of our presence is our mission and asking ourselves, how do other people experience us? The answer to that, we, we bear that responsibility. I'm responsible for how other people experience me. And this is on the topic of uh, cultivating self-awareness, um, cultivating, you know, Paul says we, we shared the gospel with you in our own selves. What is your own self like? And this is all about um, our, our growth in Christ and prioritizing our relationship with him. And that's why Jesus says the first and greatest commandment is love God. And the second one is love others, because those two things are inseparable. Our relationship with God and then how we treat others are uh, inseparably linked to one another. And so, Again, that quote was, the quality of your presence is your mission. And I just find that very applicable to this um, as we seek to fulfill our ministry by offering our very selves to those where we live, work, and play. Yeah, so how do we, I guess, I know you have another text. Uh, Can I jump into this, which would probably be helpful, but so how do we uh, naturally apply this? We'll kind of get that towards the end, but I want you to, as a listener, go ahead and begin to think about uh, your own life, your own walk. Uh, where does it you find yourself oftentimes throughout the day, throughout the week? And uh, what is it, what, how are people, you know, what are they picking up from you? Like like the old saying, what are you laying down? You're like, what are they picking up? Uh, what is the interaction? Where are they seeing Jesus? So one of the questions we had uh, this last Sunday was, you know, what, what, what fruit of uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are being present to the point where people are like, oh, I see love, joy, peace, patience, mm-hmm. kindness, goodness. Like it's present to the point where people are picking it up saying there's something different and I want that. And um, so fulfilling that ministry, I think that 
I think we oftentimes, and I want to be really careful with this statement, I'm not saying that ministry isn't a task. There are tasks in ministry. There definitely are. Um, there are things that need to get done in the name of the Lord. you got to fulfill them and do them. But I think that we miss out on the higher calling sometimes of uh, something that's greater than the task, which is the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've talked about this in the past, even when you're, uh, youth groups out or adult group is out raking leaves at somebody's house randomly, somebody's neighbor. Awesome. Do the task and have fun and show the joy of the Lord as you're doing it, but make sure that you make a connection with the person also that you're raking the leaves for. Cause in the end, uh, that, that, uh, emotional connection or any connection you can make with people is what really matters. And so that they can see not only the task being done, but the motive of the task. You know, mm-hmm. what is it? Is it love? Are you out here to get something from me? I mean, people question each other's motives right and left right now, and rightfully so to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's not just the task. Uh, I would say there's an even higher calling of um, of making an, a, a connection with somebody. And, he, and we, we see that with Jesus all over the place. He did so many miracles, did so many different things, but ultimately the relationship that he had with somebody or the words that he shared with them or the meal he shared with them is what really spoke volumes to them. That's what love was. What was it? Him being present and being in his presence. And so uh, that's why they fell down and worship. Not that that should be happening with us, ironically, right? But that is the, the, the gift. Ultimately, is not that my leaves get raked by somebody, but the gift is uh, the person mm-hmm. that's doing it. So let's have a relationship in it. So, yeah, I know you had a text kind of lined up here for this. Yeah, just to, just to comment on that a little bit further, I think it's, community and community gives people a sense of belonging and you know in the practical context of where you're going to rake leaves for somebody that's an awesome thing and we ought to do that but like you said just to echo that making the connection and making making people feel loved and like they belong um going to first timothy 4 we were in second timothy 4 now we're going back to first timothy 4 again this is uh paul's first letter to timothy trying to encourage him um and, and laying out uh, what is what is in this book, but we're focusing specifically on chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. He says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have. And I just want to pause there and say, what is your gift? Um, uh, what, what are your talents? What is the thing that God has given you uh, to love and bless other people for his glory and their good? Um, don't don't neglect that. Paul's Paul's telling Timothy that uh, don't neglect his gift of teaching and don't neglect don't neglect the gift he received. Um, but we can we can say the same thing to us as it's it's given to us to bless other people and to make much of Christ. Don't neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And here he says, practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. I just, I love this idea. Practice these things. He's saying, uh, grow in your gift, grow in your skill set, grow in what it is that God has given you to love and bless others, um, and, and to in search of the common good. What He's given you to uh, bring goodness to the world uh, in His name. And he's saying, practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. And that's where, again, there's that relational piece. Uh, it's tied to other people. Uh, seeing your progress, it's tied to other people, uh, seeing your life, and he's even going to say that in verse 16, and the encouragement that that can bring. And in verse 16, he says, keep a close watch on yourself. Keep a close watch on 
yourself. Uh, watch your life. <laughs> watch what you're inputting into your life and what the output that it's causing. Uh, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Um, and I've, I've heard some people interpret this as keep a close watch on your life and your doctrine, what it is you're communicating people. And in the context of First Thessalonians 2 and 8, this is the, the sharing the gospel piece. And, and, and also he goes on, that's where he says, in our very selves. Um, but watching yourself and watching your teaching, persist in this, for by doing so, and this is, this is a pretty crazy statement he makes, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Um, so Timothy's ministry to the church, Timothy's gift that he has of teaching and the public reading of Scripture and, and what Paul is calling him to do and exhorting him to do, and his, his, Paul's encouragement to practice these things and keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. He's saying persist in this, and by persisting in it, he, he will save both himself and the hearers. Uh, the in, there's the inseparability, again, of, of your ministry from other people, of ministry from relationship. Um, and also kind of on this same note, in Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, um, it says, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord. That's what he, was, he was a teacher. He was called to do this. He set his heart to study the law, to do it. So he put it into practice himself. He kept a watch over his life and his doctrine, his life and his teachings. He set his heart to study the law of the Lord, to do it to put it into practice, and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And I just find that um, a great connection there um, with the Old Testament and whatnot and the work that Ezra was given to do. Steve, you have any comments on this? Yeah, your orthodoxy will become your orthopraxy. That's right. Every time. So what you truly believe will work its way out, which is last week's Conviction. podcast. Yeah, so I don't want to get very far in that, but everything you're reading, it's just ringing in my ears. Like, So if I say I love people... And I believe that I love people, but I don't show the love of God to people, then mm. I don't really believe it. Yeah, so conviction from last week. But uh, so if I say I have a ministry to love God, love others, or specifically to uh, love my coworkers well, and yet they don't feel loved or and not experiencing that love, then it's a great thought, but it isn't working its way out mm. in such a way. And I've been appreciated maybe to. Um, boast on you a little bit. I've appreciated you, your consideration at times of saying, uh, Hey, you know, Steven, can I bring you a cup of coffee on my way into the office? And I'm, um, I love coffee. It's an extreme gift. And it's, uh, the consideration of others in that moment that speaks of volumes to me. Um, and I think the same is true with most people. I think most people want that small gift of even being thought of even to the mm-hmm. point where something's brought through in such a fashion. Um, I've watched this and witnessed it oftentimes with people, um, where, just a, the smallest thing, uh, not to brag on my wife either, but I know that her coworkers do the same thing. They love each other well there where she works and uh, they'll buy each other gifts on truck day, like snacks and share snacks with each other on truck day. And uh, small things like that, I think we miss on how powerful those moments of what we believe about somebody, thinking of them uh, fulfilling something that would be a, a blessing to them, how that speaks the gospel into them, ironically, right? It's the good news. It's the hope. It's the fact that someone cares for you, which gives us an on-ramp to say, yeah, there's somebody that loves you even more than I do, you know? Um, and I think that sometimes we try to jump straight to the, here's the gospel. I'm going to tell you about Jesus, and here it is, without the on-ramp of, let me show you the gospel, and let me show you through ministering to you, serving you and loving you well, 
that I now have a platform to say, I really believe this. And so they can believe that you do believe it because they've experienced that love and that belief in action. So when you're thinking of ministry and thinking about all these things, that's why Paul says in First Thessalonians, like we worked night and day to make sure that we weren't a, a hindrance to you financially, to show you that we loved you and the gospel that we're sharing with you is true because we were living it out in front of you and we'll do whatever it takes for that to happen. So, um, so what does ministry look like? And, um, it's, it's in your, it starts in your home. It works its way to the doorstep and then it works away to your sidewalk into your car and out beyond that. And, uh, I think sometimes we think of ministry kind of like you mentioned as being a really far outside thing. Like I'm going to go do my ministry today Mm -hmm. um, and forgetting that we are ministers of the gospel, every one of us. And the Mm -hmm. ministry that we're going to do, we don't start. Well, we do when you roll out of bed, you know, it starts then. And so just being mindful of the fact that the ministry starts with those nearest to us and works its way out in practical ways with everyone that we encounter in any given day. Uh, where we live, work, and play. And so just being mindful of the fact that, uh, yeah, God may have a calling for somebody listening to this podcast to a foreign country to do mission work, or he may have a specific ministry in mind that you're you're called to fulfill. Uh, But most all of us, we all have a ministry, and it's just a matter of fulfilling that ministry every day and being present in that ministry as well. So just some thoughts that I have that orthodoxy uh, will always work its way out in orthopraxy. What you believe, uh, you will do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Just kind of as you're summing that, summarizing that up, it's kind of where I was was landing with that. Any other thoughts that you have? Yeah, I guess just to speak <clears throat> to the, I mean, this, we're, you know, we're talking about this, we're laying it out theoretically and theologically, and but it's hard. It's difficult. It's difficult to, it's a fight to remain present. Uh, it, it's a fight to um, lay down your own life. And we talked about that last week, even, even counting the cost of what it means to follow Jesus and um, this is part of it, um, that you, your life is now repositioned to serve others uh, where you live, work, and play. Um, and it's difficult. It's hard. But thankfully, God has poured his spirit into our hearts, and he's empowered us and equipped us, um, both with himself and the gift of one another to encourage each other along the way. So on that note, we hope this has been a helpful conversation for you, a topic of what does it mean to fulfill your ministry. I uh, hope you can uh, think about what it, what is my ministry. And again, we encourage you to think about it in the context of where you work, live, and play. Um, and again, seeking first the kingdom of God and all those things. And as Steve mentioned, our ministry begins when we roll out of bed and we, we, we fight the good fight to be present to those around us, to love them well, and uh, to proclaim the gospel both with our words and our actions. So we hope it's been helpful. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us, as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings. Blessings.